You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. To the cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the off-season Packs What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And we haven't recorded in so long that I almost forgot how to do the intro because we're without <laughs> football uh, for the first time in a long time. But hopefully everybody enjoyed the Super Bowl, enjoyed the halftime show, enjoyed Taylor Swift sighting, whatever you tuned in to watch. Hopefully you enjoyed the outcome of the game. But Today, this week, we're going to look at the Packers roster as it stands currently, um, starting with the offensive side of the ball. Next week, we'll take a look at the defense and just kind of see where the areas of need are going into free agency that'll start next month. Got the combine coming up, of course, as well, and then looking at the draft. So, Perry, let's kick things off with the quarterback, right? We went from 30 years of certainty to Jordan Love, and now it feels feels pretty good that we're going to have at least at least I don't know a handful of years of certainty in the new Jordan Love era yeah so I guess the rules of this that we have set for ourselves is these grades are based on if we took the roster as they stand no changes yet going into 2024 how would we grade this position group um and obviously we will dissect how we think they will attack those positions, make them better, you know, if we think that we need to make them better. But as it sits going into 2024, looking at the quarterback position, I think that we all can give this position group an A um, because the Packers are going into this season with their franchise quarterback. It has been pretty much like solidly confirmed by Brian Gutekunst, the GM, that they're going to be giving Jordan Love an extension when they are able to, um, when it hits that year marker from the last time they paid him. So um, I think it's a pretty easy one. Backup quarterback is obviously a question mark. So I don't know if you want to give him a little bit of a knock in the A minus, <laughs> <laughs> a minus. 
Um, we don't know who's going to back up Jordan Love, but at the moment, I think I solidly put them at an A because they are extending their young franchise QB and the future time, age, everything about it is pretty bright for Green Bay as it stands at the most important position in sports. Yeah, and I mean, Jordan Love, obviously an ascending player with ascending talent around him. No, the extension is coming. Sean Clifford, the backup right now, was a draft pick this past season, likely remains the backup unless the Packers absolutely fall in love with someone in the draft. And I mean, we've seen that, right? You know, they drafted plenty of quarterbacks throughout, you know, Aaron Rodgers tenure as guys that they just liked to have in the room to develop. Um, Also, Alex Magoo on the roster as well as the third stringer. But again, I think for the sake of this exercise, as it stands, definitely an A for the quarterback position looking ahead into the future. So let's shift then. Let's go to the running back position. Obviously, a lot more question marks here. We know that Aaron Jones is going to be back, which everybody is, of course, grateful and thankful for. Then you have A.J. Dillon, who is a free agent going into this offseason. Uncertainty there. And then on the roster, you have Emmanuel Wilson, Patrick Taylor, and Ellis Merriweather as the last three running backs to kind of round out that position. So thoughts on that unit? I always think about, I don't know, Ellis Merriweather sounds like a boxer's name. Um, uh, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) This is probably uh, the biggest question mark right now for this offense, arguably. Maybe offensive line is somewhere in there too, but um, I'm putting the running back room right now at like a C plus B minus. Like without Aaron Jones, you're like, it's a big cringe face for me. as you mentioned, AJ Dillon is in a contract year. It's it's so 50-50 to me whether or not they oh, yeah. bring him back. It's it's like he was obviously the workhorse when Aaron Jones was out, but the running game wasn't very good. And like there were a lot of reasons for that. Obviously, a ton of variables with the offensive line and just the offense and as a whole not really clicking for the first half of the season. Um, but it's hard to look at it because he was hurt the second half of the season. So you can't really judge when the offense was clicking and Aaron Jones was back, like how AJ Dillon really factored into this. But as much as he loves green Bay and he wants to be a Packer, it's kind of hard for me to see him being a factor in this offense moving forward. So for me, I'm looking at, Aaron Jones, Emmanuel Wilson, and probably a draft pick um, is my guess. And again, even with it being Aaron Jones, like we don't know what that contract extension and or reworking of the money is going to look like because his cap hit right now is a little bit high. And like, don't get me wrong, Aaron Jones is worth the money. He's one of the best backs in the league and he is an absolute game changer for this Packers offense when he's on the field. So he's worth it. But at the same time, he's nearing 30. And that number, I think in terms of years and cap hit is incredibly important. So like seeing what they do. So I don't know if the grade is super high, even though Aaron Jones as a player coming back is something I want the Packers to do. Yeah. I mean, I think for sure, like C, C plus you nailed it. Aaron Jones is a game changer. We saw the offense with him. Obviously he was vital to that stretch of success they had in the playoffs. 
I'm not sure what, you know, that stretch against the Panthers and the Vikings and the Bears looks like without a healthy Aaron Jones. But I think the kind of the flip side of that is that we didn't see A.J. Dillon for a ton of that because of his injury. So we haven't gotten like a full glimpse at what the running back room really looks like with the two of them healthy this season because they've always been dealing with injuries. And I think it's fair to give the running back room a C even with a healthy Aaron Jones because he does have that nagging injury history. And when he's worth it or when he's healthy, he's 1000% worth it. But, you know, the asterisk there is like, if you take out Aaron Jones, the room is vacant. So the Packers have 11 draft picks to work with. We assume obviously that they'll spend one, if not two picks, potentially pretty highly. I could see a day two pick going to running back um, to, to round out that room. But yeah, the AJ Dillon thing, I think 50, 50, like you said, is, is a really good estimate because I could see him wanting to take a team friendly deal and return, but it depends how he would factor into that rotation. And it depends the kind of style of running back they're looking at in the draft here as well, because it's also a really hot running back market this year, a lot of really interesting free agents. So I don't think the Packers would invest resources in a free agent running back that isn't AJ Dillon, but they've done weirder things. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a it's a big question mark. I mean, I can also see a world where they see how the draft shakes out, let AJ mm-hmm. Dillon test the market and then figure something out post draft. I know that maybe that's not like the most, you know, we love you, you know, thank you for your service act that a team can do for a player. But I think from a bird's eye view, like business perspective, if I'm the GM, that's like kind of what I would do at this point with AJ mm-hmm. Dillon. Like, again, like no hate, no shade to the person, but um, take the human aspect out of it. And just like looking at the situation objectively, I think it makes the most sense. And I think there's an argument too, like if AJ Dillon tests the market right when free agency opens and there's a team that wants to pay him like a top tier running back, go get your money. Like nobody would fault him for that. You know, and I think that would be the smart move for him too. But this is where it gets tricky, right? As the emotion comes in and we know how badly he wants to stay in Green Bay. So you could see him as a person, at least, you know, for all we know, wanting to take a team friendly deal and stay if that was an option for him. But He's also a new dad. So there's a lot of things I think that he would think about as far as like, how can I secure, you know, financial stability for our family for a long time? So C feels right. C plus ish for the running back room because there's just a lot of unknowns at that position. So when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's shift then and talk about a position where there's potentially the most assurance and knowledge that the room is going to be holistically the same in 2024. And let's talk about the wide receivers because this is a really fun one. Yeah, I actually have a little bit of a harder time thinking of a grade for this one because my gut reaction and my thinking it through reaction are actually very different. Um, initially I was like, oh, well, look at what they did this season. Look at all the young talent, you know, the cap hit is so low and there's so much untapped potential. Like this feels like a natural a, 
but I actually don't know if I feel that way the more I talk it through. I, I actually would put this more in maybe like the B plus category. And I think it's because there is still a lot of unproven talent, right? I mean, we think that there's still an ascension there for a Christian Watson. We think that Jaden Reed can really become um, potentially like a wide receiver one type guy. You know, you and I have talked a lot about how we think he's going to be the next guy to reach that a thousand yard season. You know, and we look at this roster, there's a ton of depth. Um, there's a lot of guys like Romeo Dobbs, like Bo Melton, like Dontavian Wicks, who stepped up a ton this season and can ground out that room at ride receiver two, three, four, five, et cetera. But I think just because there's still unanswered questions about where everyone stands and how they're going to get used and no one was healthy for full stretches at a time this season that I still put this at maybe the B plus a minus category. Um, the more I think about it. And I also wouldn't be surprised if the Packers brought in more talent, you know, why not bring in some competition? Who knows? Maybe they love a wide receiver in this draft and they take someone. I, I don't hate that decision for them at all. Like let's continue to surround Jordan love with as much talent as humanly possible. Once again, like I said, they dealt with a lot of injuries in that room this past season. So let's just make sure that they're not, you know, <laughs> going into a game again where they don't have their wide receiver like one, two, and three once again. So I don't know. What do you think? I'm curious your thoughts. Yeah, going into this, I think a B felt really safe because we've seen historically a lot of Packers receivers have had sophomore slumps. And that's just part of, you know, the learning curve in the NFL. And obviously it didn't happen, you know, for some of these guys like Romeo Dobbs had a really nice sophomore season, but those things happen. And I think, unfortunately, when we talk about like camp battles and position battles, injuries also kind of sort some things out. So you might feel like you have a really loaded room and then guys are dealing like Christian Watson, obviously he's hoping to get these hamstrings figured out. It sounds like he's going to specialist after specialist this off season to work on that. But that is a concern that you have. And at one at some point, you know, the Packers need to make sure that they have guys, like you said, that can get on the field and stay on the field. And that's not a knock against Christian Watson. We obviously know that he wants to be on the field more than anything. But when guys have these injuries, it does make it harder to kind of know what you have in the room. So I think obviously, yes, Jaden Reed is going to be a stud. Dontavian Wicks really ascending. There's a lot of players to be really excited about, but I agree with you that I it wouldn't really surprise me at all if we see one of these day two picks going to a wide receiver, especially if there's somebody that the Packers really fall in love with, or maybe like a different style of wide receiver that we don't necessarily see in the room yet. So yeah. I think the talent is there and the arrow is pointing up, but I also, you know, to your point about missing wide receiver one, two, three, think there's a world where they're an inju injury away from feeling really kind of you know, low at the position. So yeah. I think I just think about like when Rogers had that whole plethora of wide receivers, and they had just won the Super Bowl and everyone was like that, you know, they're on the cover of Sports Illustrated and everyone's like, this is the best core in the league. And then what do the Packers do? They go out and draft Randall Cobb, you know, and it's just like you can never have enough riches at a position this important. And I know that's not where this group is by any stretch of the imagination at the moment. So it's not 
you know, a apples to apples comparison, but it's where we hope that they're get, getting to, right? I think it's a fair enough to say like they're building up that core, hopefully to be that version for Jordan Love, which is why I wouldn't be surprised if they continue to add pieces for him. And I mean, the Packers historically take swings in multiple rounds and multiple ways. You know, it was Equinemia St. Brown and MVS and Jamon Moore three at a time, you know, Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, Grant DeBose, like you're not necessarily expecting all three of them to hit at a time. And potentially mm -hmm. the Packers have done that this time. Like we haven't seen enough of Grant DeBose to really know what his ceiling is, but they think that they found gems in Jaden Reed and Dontavian Wicks and, you know, early results would make you think that, yeah, they probably did, but the Packers have never been one to just kind of like sit on their hands either when they had, you know, a stud offensive line and be like, yeah, let's not take two offensive linemen on day three just to see what happens. Like they're constantly churning out players. And I think for sure we're going to see at least one right wide receiver come off the board in April. And it'll feel weird probably, but I think it could come higher than we expect. That's a very good point about the offensive line room. They're always just like, build it, build it, build it. You can never have enough competition. Yeah. Let's shift then now. we I mean, I think we're in a similar situation here. If we're, we're looking at the tight end group, obviously we know that Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft are the big names. Josiah DeGuara is a free agent. And then Ben Sims, the undrafted free agent, who it seems that they really like. Also a rookie coming into his second year. So that would be three names right off the bat. Potentially four if you look at them bringing Josiah DeGuara back. Tyler Davis is coming back from injury potentially. So kind of a crowded room in like a weird way but mm -hmm. definitely a crowded room in a better sense of the word than what we've seen uh, from the last couple of years. This is probably the most excited you could be about a tight end room for the Packers in a long time. I am really glad you mentioned Tyler Davis because I am looking forward to him coming back. I know he's coming off a, a brutal injury, but I mean, he was their number one special teams guy before he got hurt. I mean, number one, like by a wide margin, um, and was starting to also contribute from a tight end perspective. So he's a piece that, look, you he's not Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft, but like he's a piece that I think that they missed a little bit. And especially in a room where, you know, you're looking at tight end three on an offense that uses two tight ends on almost multiple plays on offense all the time. Um, I think he's going to be key. I'd put tight end also at a solid B. Like, mm -hmm. again, I feel really, really good about where they're at going into this season. Um, I think having Luke and Tucker healthy together is going to be really dangerous and really fun. And I'm sure Matt has a lot of really fun stuff cooked up for them. But again, it's year two tight end is a very difficult position to acclimate to in the NFL. I thought they had wonderful rookie seasons when they were on the field. Um, we'll see how it goes. I do not expect Josiah DeGuara to come back. So that's losing a piece. Um, ben Sims was fine depth piece. Again, Tyler Davis, great special teamer, fine depth piece. Um, could they add a piece this off season? Sure but you know who your two main stars are in this room. And it's just a matter of seeing them like ascend and like take it to the next level this coming season. So yeah. I feel great. I mean, a B actually sounds worse than what I'm saying. I think that's like a good grade, you know, they're like an 89. Mm -hmm. 
They're a good solid 88, 89 on the, on the report card. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you. They're, they're a high B, potentially a B plus. And I think, you know, it kind of, maybe you give them the nod a little bit because if we're talking about a wide receiver room being an injury away from, you know, not knowing what you have, the tight end room feels a little bit more secure in that, you know, you want to be able to run two tight end sets. And we know that's something that Malifleur does frequently, but we got a glimpse at the offense without, Luke Musgrave. We got a glimpse in the beginning of the season before Tucker Craft was really utilized much um, at what it looked like without him. So being able to play with one, having, I mean, Ben Sims caught a touchdown this year, right? So like having those little pieces, they don't need to contribute a ton, but mm-hmm. they can still make an impact. So when you have two guys that are fully healthy, I just think the depth in the room is maybe a little bit less necessary, but I do think that you have two really, really good ascending tight ends, which gives you kind of the nod maybe into like B plus territory instead of B, like we said, for wide receivers. But I definitely don't think it's a position that they're going to look for in free agency. I would maybe, maybe see them taking a tight end like day three, especially if it was like in the Josiah DeGuara vein of potentially playing fullback or H-back. But yeah, no, I think... I think tight end is pretty set for a long time. Yeah, like I said, they have their stars. They have their two stars. They're going to build around the two of them. And I I agree with you. I mean, these guys, they're going to be focal points of this offense mm-hmm. next season, for sure, as they should be. Um, I, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I don't think we could get a, a much more secure room for this Packers team. But wrapping up then, obviously – we have the offensive line. And I think this is potentially where the biggest question marks come in because John Runyon Jr. is the only contract necessarily expiring. You've got Rashid Walker, who's still, you know, on a rookie deal, Zach Tom on a rookie deal, Josh Myers on a rookie deal. Elton Jenkins signed his extension already to stay with the team. So, you know, you're potentially using losing Yash Nyman as a depth piece You've got Sean Ryan as an option to replace John Runyon Jr. The Packers could pay JRJ to stay. You've also got, you know, the elephant in the room of what happens with David Bakhtiari. How close is he? Does he start? Does he get traded? Does he reach an injury settlement? Like the offensive line room is largely the biggest unknown because at least you had stability at a couple spots, but there also are some question marks. And I think we could see movement from the guys that are even there. Like, I'm not sure Zach Tom is going to be a right tackle next season. We'll we'll see. He could, you know, potentially compete for a, a different different spot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're probably going to new- move on from like a Royce Newman as well. Um, <laughs> I, this room is so hard because it's really high variance. That's, yes. that, that's my take from this is like, you have your anchors, right? Like two stars in my opinion in Elton and Zach Tom as your anchors then you have what you said is like your biggest question mark which is like are you paying your left guard and it's again a 50-50 shot is if they bring JRJ back if they did I wouldn't be surprised and if they didn't I wouldn't be surprised then you have I mean I think you have to separate out the David Bakhtiari of it all from this conversation even because that it's a totally separate notion. <laughs> then you have Rashid Walker. Okay, good. Left tackle. Fine. Could they bring competition there? Sure. You also probably have competition you want to bring in at center as well. Zach Tom exists as competition at center, but like, then do you want competition at right tackle as well? So many questions. Um, 
they're my lowest grade. They're probably C minus for me. Um, because of that, right. You're not set. You do not have your best five going into next season right now. You have your best two. Um, and that's less than half and that's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have some money to work with. You have a lot of draft capital. So that gives me hope. And also the Packers absolutely get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to building good offensive lines, because they've been doing it for decades. Um, I have no doubt that they're going to reach the 2024 season and that offensive line that they're going to trot out is going to be just fine. And they're going to protect Jordan love. But as it stands, I mean, this is the worst of the five positions. Like it's the worst of, of the five on offense. Um, it's just, again, it's to me, it's just like you have these two that are so solid and so set. Then you have two huge question marks three plus David Bakhtiari and then a left tackle. That's like, just fine. It's just, it's so where's so the mean averages out for me at like a C minus. I was going to say, I mean, if you're, if you're grading just on, you know, necessarily like assurance that they'll be in their position, you're probably at like a 60% only, which would be a D minus, but I'm, I'm not saying that the room is, I think they're set up for more success than that. So a C feels right. But I think Rashid Walker had a really nice second half of the season. I thought he played really well yeah. in the playoffs in the, like against the Cowboys specifically he and Zach Tom, I think you feel comfortable with as your tackles, especially whatever's happening with David Bakhtiari. I mean, we heard Brian Gudkin say it seemed like he was still kind of farther away than they expected him to be, which, you know, I'm sure guts David Bakhtiari as well in that situation since he wants to play as much as fans want to see him play. So that's a really challenging situation. But I think, you know, your tackles are probably set. I could see them bringing in competition, but I think they like both of them enough. And with more development, I think they're both going to be really good tackles. And I agree with you, Elton Jenkins, your left guard is set. So then it becomes John Runyon Jr. and Josh Myers. And I think John Runyon Jr. is kind of in the same situation I would put A.J. Dillon in where... Yeah. I think he could go get paid to be a starter somewhere. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, he would be wise to take that because I think he can be a starting guard in the NFL. But we also saw at his locker when the season ended, how emotional he was and how fun he said this team was and how much he wants to be back. So like, he's another candidate to me of somebody who might take a team friendly deal to compete for a starting spot or say, sign me up to be your backup interior offensive lineman like maybe he's comfortable being lineman six Don Barclay like there's a lot of guys that made a living being the sixth lineman like if you can kind of take some snaps anywhere you can make a living in the NFL because depth is always needed so it kind of depends what he wants to do and obviously Josh Myers is the question mark here where the Packers I think feel more comfortable and confident with him than maybe the fan base does or from the outside looking in so We'll see. You know, I could see them drafting a center as maybe a contingency plan or some competition to see what happens because Myers is almost at the end of his rookie contract. So, but yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot to like foundationally, a lot of building blocks. Yeah. And if your tackles are set, then I think you you do pretty well. So Packers are lucky in that aspect. But yeah, I think that kind of middle right side of the the line is a big question mark they're going to take multiple linemen in this draft. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Last year was like an anomaly in that they didn't take any. It was shocking, frankly. 
um they always do it to me it's it's more of a question of where are they going to do their typical packers thing where they take them day three and they find their gems in day three or are they going to do like we actually value the guys you know in the first round right and we're going to take a first round lineman I, it remains to be seen um I don't know what the market is like in free agency for offensive linemen. It doesn't feel like something Goot would do. Um, he's surprised us before, but it feels more of something they'll address in the draft, mostly because they don't, it's not like a high enough desperate need for them to go reach for someone in free agency. They have five linemen that they trust that they would trot out there week one without needing to go sign someone, right? So they can just go get draft competition and like we said already there's guys that they have on the roster that they might really like caleb jones six seven like he might be a really fun swing tackle sean ryan we talked about a little bit he played some right guard he played right guard against aaron donald you know like he cut his teeth making goal line snaps or taking goal line snaps against aaron donald so there are some guys that they have that they might really feel confident in but i also agree with you that that doesn't you know mean that they're not going to continue to build at the position. It's like we said with tight end and wide receiver, they're always looking for more and they're probably going to take a couple swings at it, especially on day three to, to round out that room because they are losing pieces potentially if they lose Bakhtiari, if they lose JRJ, like that room's not going to stay the same this season. So I'm glad you brought up Sean Ryan too, because if they do lose JRJ, like I can just see them slotting him in at left Mm -hmm. guard. Because they did, I mean, they rotated pretty much all season, the two of them. And, I mean, it was kind of a running joke on Twitter all season that when Sean Ryan goes in, they score touchdowns. It's It, it stopped being a thing, obviously, because that was not a sustainable mantra. But the point being is that, and you just said it, I mean, he went up against some really dominant linemen. He did just fine in his half-C role when he was switching off with Jared Jay. So they would do fine if he ended up just being their starter. I think it's also like really interesting and telling too, because we saw them go through so many variations of the offensive line in training camp. Guys were lining up everywhere. And Elton Jenkins, we thought at one point, could be the center of the future for the Packers when he was drafted. He had played center in college, and then now we see him playing left guard sometimes you wonder like, is there a world where Elton Jenkins is your center? And then you have like Sean Ryan at left guard and JRJ at right guard. Do they draft a new guard? Like they must really like him at left guard because he played so much center and same with Zach Tom. Zach Tom played a ton of center. I think he was most valuable at right tackle and guys want to make tackle money, right? Like if you can play anywhere on the line, you want to play tackle, but yeah, really curious to see if they kind of like mix things up this this training camp and if we see guys in different spots or if they feel pretty set on the boundary and like the interiors where they're going to take a deeper look. Yeah. Well, they do that though. Like they take Mm -hmm. guys, they just like, like, and then they mold them to whatever position they need. Right. Like they take tackles, they turn them into interior linemen. They take interior linemen, they turn them into tackles. Like it's just, I don't know, something in the secret sauce for the offensive line in green Bay. Yeah. I think the uh, the little asterisk is, did you play left tackle in college at some point? Yeah, then you're a Packer. Like, yeah. <laughs> we can slot you just about anywhere. 
All right. Okay, that, so of course, had, ended up being the, the longest section by like 10 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> had the so most we had fun. A, C, B plus, B, C minus. Yeah. I mean, I think that averages out to like a like a B, B plus kind of roster, which I think is fair. Like if you got a B plus, you're like, hey, there's definitely a pathway here for me to get into the A's. Like I'm close. I'm on the cusp. I just need a couple more foundational pieces. And I think that's where this team is at. And you know what? Here's my, here are my two like closing thoughts on this. One being the most important position in the entire offense got the A. And quite frankly, that's all that really matters. And second being is this was a very fledgling, very young team mm -hmm. that just got a very nice grade, as you said, with zero changes, right? There are going to be changes. They're going to make improvements. And this team did incredible things in the 2023 season with improvements. I think they're going to ascend to that B plus A level. Like they're going to be they're going to be contenders. They're going to be a very, very good offense going into 2024. Yeah, we'll have to put a pin in this one in the comments. Help us remember to do that. And in like August, we should come back and grade the roster as it stands, maybe when the final 53 comes out and yeah. just say like, okay, this is how you know the roster is shaping up now. We'll see what happens in free agency. We'll see what happens in the draft. And we'll revisit the grades because I think that's a great point, right? As, as it stands today, if the Packers trotted out all of the pieces that they have, they probably have a B plus B kind of offense. They're not going to trot out the guys that they have today in the exact capacity that they have them. They're going to add an, inje an injection of talent at certain positions. So yeah, we'll see uh, how far the needle moves um, with our little red pens in our grade books, I guess in uh, August, but any, any quick thoughts, final thoughts before we wrap this one up? No, I'm just uh, get ready for the off season content. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. We're going to keep trying to come up with, with fun things to do here. Leave us suggestions in the comments. If there's things you're interested in seeing us do or talk about, obviously, but Thank you, as always, for joining us on the Packs What She Said podcast. You can find the podcast on Twitter at PWSS Podcast. Perry's on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. Me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. And thank you, as always, if you listen to us in audio format, everywhere you find your favorite podcasts. We appreciate that tremendously. And, of course, if you're here with us on YouTube, we appreciate that as well. Please make sure to like and subscribe if you don't already, because we appreciate all of the views that we're getting all the off-season love. We hope that it continues. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll be back next week with some defensive grades, but as always, go back, go.